Hello, Hockey World. It's Wednesday, September 21st, 2016. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. I'm Kevin Allen of USA Today Sports. And I'm Eklund, Kevin Allen's film, um, film guy. <laughs> I've, been, yeah. I've been filming Kevin Allen's Facebook Live, so I'm his cameraman. Um, and you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time, um, or in somewhere around here. And to, to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And uh, obviously we have nothing going on. No, just kidding. We have a lot to talk about today. Um, but I want to start with this. Um, Phil Kessel. <laughs> oh, boy. We had, to, we had to go there, didn't we? There are very few times that are memorable in post-game press, press areas. And I think this is one of them, though. The way this happened last night, okay, so you have to imagine, the way, like I said, this works is there's a big room and there are pods um, of, of tables. And so they'll say, you know, um, at, at this table, Pat, at pod six will be Patrick Kane, at pod five will be Ovechkin or whatever. So so all the reporters, we all try to get space around these tables, you know, kind of like we're trying to order up lunch, you know, at the soup Nazi kitchen. And we're sitting there and we're trying to talk to these people. And just as just as this begins – I get. I see Dan. Dan um, on our chat that, that we have with our with the hockey buzz people here. Uh, Dan Petru say, "Did you see what Kessel just did?" And he so he trolled. You know, the trolling. And and it was as if like a wave. Like, I couldn't have gotten to Kevin. This is how fast social media works. I was like, I gotta get to Kevin and tell him this. He's over at, like pod three, and I'm at pod seven. Like I gotta tell. And I couldn't have gotten there fat, in that period of time, which was literally thirty seconds. And Dan t- Dan gets into us exactly when it came out. You knew about it. That room just like exploded. Yeah, it, it really did because you, know, you were probably twenty five yards away in a twenty five yard walk. <laughs> right, right. The twenty five yard walk because I did not see it on social media. I didn't wasn't even looking at my phone, right, right. but someone else had and had had mentioned it, and everyone was already analyzing the significance or lack thereof uh, of that uh, yeah. uh, comment. It was it was amazing, and you know what I found most interesting about it. First of all, it was very funny. It was very but, funny. Let's well, say what he said here. He okay. said. Just sitting around the house tonight with my dog. Felt like I should be doing something important, but couldn't put my finger on it. Bill Kessel. Now, what uh, the most amazing aspect of that is really out of character for him. Yeah. Like, you know, players, uh, particularly Sidney Crosby, talks all the time about how funny he is. Right. But we never see that in the media. You right. Know, like, uh, he's not animated with us. He, You know, he goes about his business uh, when he deals with us in just sort of a perfunctory uh, manner. Uh, but apparently that's how he is all the time with the players. Uh, yeah. and it, was, it was really, really funny. So it was a little bit uh, surprising that he would do that in a public forum like that. And, yeah. you know, there was mixed reaction on that. Some people thought it was just great and clever, and uh, some thought that it was probably inappropriate given the, uh, the situation and, yeah. uh, you know, probably something that, um, you know, uh, would, would signal that he is, doesn't plan to be part of U.S. <laughs> national <laughs> Yeah, and we and we have to clarify. His dog was twelve inches long and slathered with mustard. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, no, but here's the: there was one thing of significance uh, no, no, no. aside from the aside from the obvious. Phil Kessel, this point, he can't. No, he basically let us know he's healthy. Like that was the one thing we were all uh, worried. Right. Interesting, because um, we all kind of knew that. Um, we uh, the rumor was, oh, he's got he's got he had has some hand issues or like that. But you know, he had, been saying he had wrist surgery. They've been saying he had. We would have played, and and the yeah. 
there were a couple, but the way this, I, it, it was fascinating to see because, because of course the big, this is a big story. USA has just been eliminated. There are players everywhere. Um, and, and there are players, you know, all, all, you know, really disappointing and everything. And then there's Tortorella comes up and does his press conference and no one's sitting in the first two rows because that's like the splash zone of, at like SeaWorld. <laughs> you don't want to stay close to Tortorella. So people are back there and there's, and they're talking to him and everything that all this is happening at the same time. And, um, yeah, I felt like asking Tortorella, did you see Phil Kessel's tweet? <laughs> but um, Well, after that ridiculous question that he got right off the bat from some, I mean, there was a uh, some young reporter from some site that I'd never even heard of before that, you know, says, do you regret the roster change uh, selections now? Like, what do you think that John Tortorella is going yeah, to that's say? Not, I mean, that's not a ridiculous question. Yeah, I, I don't think. No, I mean, that, 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 to me, that's the first question you have to ask because that, and you know, you're, you even though you know the response you're going to get, the response you're going to get is the story to that. You know, he's, he's going to say no, and that's then you have a story. Okay, he does not regret. You know that that's, the question could have been phrased better. Yeah, yeah. And I would the timing of those kind of questions um, is important, and I would have uh, allowed a few more questions. Yeah. yeah, before I would have asked that question, but that that was an appropriate question. It, it just wasn't phrased quite the right way. Yeah. You need to sort of uh, ask that question in such a way that you're going to get an answer. That was a yes or no. I, I remember this reporter one time telling me, um, I can't remember who it was, it might have been you, um, who told me that you have to bring the elephant in slowly. Yes. It's a great way of putting it, you know, because, you know, the elephant in the room was, of course, the roster. I mean, that's what everybody's talking about. That's what we're going to talk about in a second. But, I mean, that's – and that's how it goes. But, yeah, the <laughs> – <laughs> you know, and that, yeah, sure, to bring that as the first question. But, you know, you know, it would have been – the first question is more like, so what would you think of your team's performance tonight or something like that would have been fine. But Well, I think the one thing we learned from that press conference was the fact that he doesn't go into the locker room after a game. Ah, Russ, I wanted to ask him – I wanted to follow up that. When he said that, I was – they, they didn't take that many questions. I, was, I had my hand up and they were like, one more question. I was going to ask him that. So why don't you ever go into the locker room? Oh, that, that, that's pretty standard. For not, not for, but for coaches. Well, for this kind of tournament, you're not going to see the guys again, Kev. Yeah, no, no, no. I get that. I mean, for at this tournament, uh, I I think that's fair to wonder why he wouldn't have gone in. And yeah. Stuff. But yeah, but you know, they do have one more game left, so right. Sure. It wasn't the last. Game, yeah. Term, even though it felt like the last. Game. <laughs> yeah. Right. They the actually do are playing again, and well, I guess Ben Bishop will finally get into a game now. And, and, and it's actually important for the U.S. to actually score some goals in that game, though. I mean, they really need to show something, even though it means nothing. Well, I, I mean, Team Canada will probably actually be rooting for the U.S. in that game because they, if they want first place in that in that group, I don't know what the goal differential is, but you know, Europe is. Uh, I think Europe is plus four. Canada is oh, Canada. I mean, Canada is like plus eight. So they, you know, they probably are going to be if they win their game, like uh, if they win their last game, they'll be in first in that in that group. But well, isn't it just whoever wins that game is in first? Europe and Canada. I mean, between yeah, Europe and Canada. That's, what it is. that's, that's true. That's true. That's right. They play. They play Europe. You're right. Because because the yeah. first yeah the first the first the first tiebreaker is differential. Yeah yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. why that would be the case. So yeah, I think that um so. But I just want to give Phil Castle credit. I mean, for the timing of it, for the humor of it. I mean, and I think given, and it's so brilliant because it this for this to happen in that in that building too, in the Toronto. That's the kind of thing that yeah. comes to my head. In that building where Phil was just demonized for such a long time, and for actually Phil to feel embrazened by all the love he was getting on the internet <laughs> by you know because he was um 
when you think about, it, I mean, there were so many people saying how he should be, how he should have been on the team. Um, and he, he was, it's, it was such, a, such an interesting twist of like a guy, to me, it's a guy who never really said anything through that whole crap, through all that crap. Um, and then just, and, and let, let the, let everything do the talking. And then here it was proven, proven out in a way we can talk about that later, but it was proven out that he probably maybe should have been on the team, whatever. And him, him amongst many. And that's right. right. The, well, the most of mostly him and the fans. So the fans are sitting and the fans are sitting there. I mean, you, you do have one of the top scorers in the league, but almost the cons might, you know, guy in last year's playoffs. So you go through the whole thing. And I think just that the whole timing, it was just a brilliant moment. And then what was interesting to me, okay. And I'm going to bring this up now is so someone, them, someone then tweeted to Bobby Ryan, you should have been there as well. And Bobby Ryan's tweet. You see this, this is seven, no, seven 30 AM this morning. Okay. 7.30 and says, nah, he says, this is responding to the guy. This is, he didn't put the top public, but this is responding to the guy. He says, nah, kill USA hockey with kindness, and maybe they'll let me play over 35, uh, uh, play over 35 adult worlds if I'm not a defensive liability by then. That's Bobby Ryan's response. Yeah, but, so th- this is, th- this is the, the, the Kessel tweet is the gateway to troll world, which is basically what's going what's gonna to go on now. And I, I don't think that that really is going to solve the problem. And, the, you know, I, what I think are the many problems with USA Hockey based on the, the success level or lack thereof that they've had over the last few years. I mean, this is – I mean, I, I think Bobby Ryan should have been selected in 2014. I'm not sure about this tournament. Kessel probably should have should have been, but there were a number of players that were overlooked, and that's where I think the problem lies. They did not bring the best team possible to this tournament, and the you know Canada completely dominated them. Well, they were frustrated, right? Because Ryan Kessel, Schneider, Jack Johnson were all on the same World Junior team. I covered him in Vancouver. He probably thinks, hey. Well, how did those guys get there? Not me, but he's not going to say anything publicly because if he knows if he says something publicly really bad, then he might just be annexed out for the rest of his career. And so it is a tough thing. And so we do talk about the roster, but you know what? Even with the guys there, you still have to use those guys there correctly. And, you know, just an abdicator who I like as a player certainly was not in the right role playing for them at that. I mean, that penalty at that time, you could say they were protecting Carey Price, but that is standard operating procedure for Abdulkader and a horrible time for him to take that penalty. Agreed. But, you know, it might be just time to push that big old elephant right in the center of this table. <laughs> and just, right, go for it. Get, get this, uh, talk about it. I, I, you know, I don't disagree with anything Mike said with regard to, I think it's fair to criticize the player selection. Um, you know, Eck and I debated it at length. Yeah. Um, before the game was even over. Um, and, um, you know, you can make a case. Uh, you know, I, I would say Tyler Johnson and Justin Falk have the, uh, you know, have the best cases for being on the team. Uh, and Phil Kessel, obviously, this is in a category by himself. Anybody who watched the playoffs uh, would have said that Phil Kessel is among the best players in the world. But here's an argument that I think is being lost in the need to point fingers at somebody specifically. Uh, people want to blame Lombardi. They want to bring, blame Tortorella. Um, but really the biggest issue here, and I think the one it's lost is, is I think this group, this generation, isn't good enough. And I say that and as an exercise, and I've been saying this this morning on radio, as an exercise, sit down with each country and jot down among NHL players their top players from that country. Right. When you do, you will see that Sweden has, you know, uh, uh, Carlson, uh, Hedman, Ekman Larson, Lundqvist, 
the Sedins, uh, the list with Backstrom, the list goes on. We all know Canada, you know, Tapes, Crosby, uh, Terry Price, Drew Doughty, it goes on and on and on. Even Team Europe, even Team Europe yeah. in this tournament has Kopitar. You know, it has uh, Char and Yossi, who I think is in the top five or six defensemen. They have some players. Marion Hosa. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't fully agree because I mean Patrick Kane wasn't Patrick Kane, right? He's supposed to be. Well, let, 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 let me let me finish my thought on that. Go ahead. Now, here's the bottom. Believe line. me, Russ, I've, we've debated. I know. I know this is, good. this is good. Okay. So <laughs> now, America. Let's talk about their top eight players. Okay. Right. Here we go. Kane, Pavelski. Who's three? Right. It would be Kessel. So well, but that's the point. Now, when you compare those top eights, and I've 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 done this. I've sent emails yeah. off to NHL people about it, and they say good point because yeah. Yeah. the top eight on the U.S. just doesn't compare to the top eight in other countries in the world. Right now, and and America has a lot of really quality players, mm-hmm. but they're a little short on the difference makers at the top. And I think yeah. that therein lies the problem. Like even if you add Kessel. Um, you know, they had Kessel um, at the 2014 Olympics, and they didn't score in the semifinals or the bronze medal game. Right. You know, uh, they've had Phil Kessel, uh, you know. He still and, scored pretty well, though. I mean, he, he did put up points. Well, he did, but, but the, they, didn't, they didn't win. That, yeah. the, my point is, is we're so busy now trying to blame the strategy thing. We're just missing out that this team just isn't quite good enough. Now, you know, they're, they're, they're good, but they're not – Canada good. Right. Oh, but, yeah. And you, know, and, and you know what you said? And, and I thought, you debated this. I'm going to, I'm going to, and I, we've gone back. We had some really good debates. Some of the best debates Kevin and I have ever had. Some spirited debates. And what you're saying, because what you said last night really hit me too, that Phil Kessel, we looked back at his goals that he scored in the Olympics and they were against lower, less teams, like right. Latvia or teams like that, right? So they, you know, where the U.S. scored against teams like Latvia and stuff like that. And what I don't think anyone took into account was the, the U.S.'s record against the top teams. And going into this tournament, having none of those other teams there, right? You know, like having just just good teams here. Basically, I mean, the Czechs are one of those teams. Okay, you could say, and but the, but the U.S. isn't going to play the Czechs. Um, well, they are today. <laughs> right? No, they are. Yeah, they are. They are. Right now, for that, no, that's true. They are going to play the Czechs, and then we'll see what happens. But the, and this is a team that you know the U.S. because the U.S. has been pretty good at not getting upset by one of these lesser teams when you look back on the record, except for Team Europe. But no, but Team Europe's not a lesser team. I mean that's that's the thing. I think we're going. That was the perception going into the tournament that there was a lower, they were a lesser team. Maybe it was. Yeah, but they're not now. I think X right. They're not now. We know know now. Like Europe is Europe is totally justifiably going to be in the semifinals. I mean they are second best team in the bracket, and it's not just because they got lucky against the U.S. They are the second best team in the bracket, and they are going to. You're going to see that, I think, in the next round. I think Europe will give Sweden or Russia or North Team North America, whoever they face over there, they will give them problems. They they are not they're not a pushover at all. And but and it, but no, but they didn't exist before, so no one knew what that would be about. And you know, and the bottom line is, you know, you take the rest of the players from the rest of the world, you know, you're going to have a pretty good team, and that's what happened. They, you okay. know, the, all those individual players. But my my argument is. There, there are definitely better players left off. There are three defensemen that I would take that were left off over at least two on the roster because Niskanen's also not in this group, I don't think. But forgetting about all that, if we take all that away, you still have coaching, and coaching, whether you have the best players or not, still can sometimes have you beat the better team on paper. And they had no idea how to coach this team. Well, this team played worse 
than anybody could have expected. And they played worse because they were constructed poorly from the top, but then also on the coaching level, the coach didn't really know what to do with him either because he's an antiquated coach when it comes to international play. Yeah, and the, and the one and the one selection in the roster that was widely critiqued uh, was the Brandon Dubinsky uh, selection, and he was presumably brought to neutralize or attempt to neutralize Sidney Crosby. And then when it comes to them playing against Canada, Brandon Dubinsky is up eating popcorn in the ACC press box and not playing on the ice. Now, maybe he shouldn't have ever been chosen, but once you pick him, then why aren't you using him for the role that you determined he was there to be? To- well, first off, if he, if he has any brains at all, he was eating the banana bread in the press box. That. <laughs> the banana bread, have you ever had it, Mike? No, they don't bring it out for, for leaf reporters. Yeah, no, I, I, that's unbelievable. They have great banana bread. Um, but no, but I think that, I think that that's fair. But I think what Kevin is saying, I mean, because you, there are so many levels. Like I, my article was about the perfect storm that this is right. And we're talking about the elements of the perfect storm right. and that's what they are. You know, one of my elements is Tortorella, but I take Tortorella not as much as like the coaching day to day and not as much as, as, as the lines, but just, he did get this team to buy in for one game, like for that Canada game. He got that's what Tortorella, that's the way Tortorella wanted to play that first that first round of preseason. Or Canada just wasn't ready for that kind yeah, of there's, game. There's of course a lot of that too. But no matter how you slice it, what Kevin's saying is you could put you, you know you could have put Dave Babcock. I mean, I wrote you could have given us Sidney Crosby and Carey Price, and we wouldn't have won. It was like there was a lot. I mean. There are so many good players. That Canadian team is as good as any Canadian team has ever been. Sure, I'm not going to disparage that, but Max right. Pacioretty shouldn't be on the right half shooting slap shots on a power play. Max Pacioretty should be in the crease. Right. Like there's a certain I, basic setup I, that was wrong. That. I, I, I completely buy what what Kevin is saying in the sense that you know the U.S. in terms of top-end talent isn't as deep as a number of other teams in this tournament. But that doesn't excuse the fact, and, and these are professionals, and we know sometimes the best team doesn't win. You have to pick. Even, you know, if the general manager, if the if USA Hockey had made had done a better job at selecting the roster for this team, that only increases the, the odds of them, you know, advancing and possibly beating Canada. It's not saying that's going to be 50-50. Canada would be favored if they did everything right. But you increase your odds, and when you have a team that was limited in terms of what they could do, you're playing into your opposition's hands. And that I think USA Hockey really has to get away from this top six, bottom six mentality that they've had over the last four, over four international tournaments over the last six years. The 2010, 2014 Olympics, this World Cup, and even when Ron Wilson coached the, the World Junior uh, last year. And they don't have that mentality, Mike, below. As you know, I was embedded with the selection process in 2014, and they they took a skating team. They purposely didn't take guys that were, uh, you know, had some toughness. In fact, you know, I sat and we documented some of the arguments. Uh, You know, Jack Johnson, you know, wasn't brought in. There was no Eric Johnson. I remember Paul Holmgren at one point trying to defend uh, uh, the selection of – uh, Eric Johnson didn't take him, and you know they went. Uh, this was an opposite approach. In 2014, they went with the skating team. They didn't go with the physical team. Okay, well, but something gets lost, Kevin, because yeah. like for the under 18s, for the Halinka, for the Five Nations, the U.S. wins their fair share of gold medals, and then as you start getting to the World Juniors and above, 
something gets lost in translation. These are all players in the U.S. system. Three or four years, but but those those players are really yeah. But here's the difference: U18, like the 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 Americans do have an advantage, and you know this. I'm not telling you that you don't know because they have that development program. That team Mm -hmm. plays together all year, so you know with with very few exceptions, it's all players from that uh, national team Mm -hmm. development program so because of that cohesiveness that's been developed all year meanwhile the canadian players are coming in from all ports uh and i think that gives them a little bit of an advantage there so they have that sort of built in but you know the development program has created um more depth in the u.s program and that's what i'm saying like you know all of these guys that are on this roster are all 20 goal nhl scores yeah, that's yeah you know but you know that, that still they still don't measure up there's a lot of depth in the u.s now uh, a lot of depth, but they just haven't been able to to develop that high end. But Mike's point is fair. Like, well, all Mike is saying is, is look, you know, maybe we're not, we don't measure up, but you at least got to give us our best chance because we all know yeah. in hockey that yeah. any given well, day. And this thing, oh, sorry, Kev. So well, here's the thing too. So Ryan McDonough steps up and makes a huge play, right? Yeah. Very few players other than him actually stepped up to make a great play like that. Like McDonough, that's. Not out of character because he will sometimes rush the net, but he literally ran over Mark Edward Vlasic, and the team literally gained no advantage from that because they lost the lead two minutes later. Like even Jonathan Quick, everybody wants to give him a pass. On on the Matt Duchesne shot, whether it's a giveaway or not, sometimes you have to make that save, and he made a, his five-hole was gigantic. First goal rest on Matt Duchesne? No, the second. The five-hole was gigantic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I, but, both, those, both those first two goals were the fault of Dustin. No, and that's fine, but that other goal, the third goal. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Um, I think what, you know, this, you do have to put your best team forward. Um, you, it does. Like, one of my perfect storms is what are you game planning for, right? Like, and so they were game planning for Canada, and they, they made that known clearly, right? Um, and my opinion is you should have looked at, like, if, you know, if you're looking at this realistically because you would have game planned for the other two teams and taken your best shot with Canada because right. – Canada was so good, and really, when I think of game planning for Canada, the one you only have to do one thing: you just have to call up Jonathan Quick and say, "Can you play?" Because that's the, that's your best shot. And and you know, but after that, to beat those other two teams, when you know that you are going to be a counterattack team, because you know that they're going to counter you because you supposedly have more offense. You don't game plan. But, but one second, Mike. You really don't. And what you said about twenty goal scores is fascinating. But I thought about that a lot last night, and this is what I came up with: um, there are twenty goal scorers on teams where they don't have to be the guy. Like, they're 20, they're second line, 20 goal scorers. You know, they're not, they're not first line. Like, that, I think that's a big difference because when you, when you come into a team, like, you're the, you are the guy now, that's a little bit, that's a lot more pressure and a lot different than being able to score when you're, when the other, when the best defenses on the other team are facing the top line. So a lot of these guys are second line, 20 goal scorers. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, and that speaks to the, you know, again, the issue. They right. don't have the superstar guys. They have the, you know, the guys that are really good players, um, right. but they're just not. I mean, you know, even Tyler Johnson, a guy that uh, we I think we all agree should be on the team. Yeah. Like, he, you know, Stamkos gets the right. gets the, the checkers, and he's the, the guy. <laughs> right. that's and, that, and that's true throughout. I mean, and, and even Phil Kessel, we could argue, um, well, this, this year. But, because, Kessel, but the, the Penguins were unique yeah. um, because of the fact that, you know, all their lines are so spread out, it's hard to know what number of the lines. But, you know, here's the other fact I wanted to bring up about Tortorella and uh, – that, uh, you know, probably hasn't been brought out either. Everybody's criticized the strategy that Tortorella employed um, with regard to how he wanted to play. Now, 
Russ's issue is a little bit different because what mm-hmm. he is saying, he didn't have the right personnel right. Uh, in the right spot. And I, and I, and you know, and I think given the the lack of results, that 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 is fair. That's yeah. fair criticism. Yeah. Um, um, but what what I don't think what is what isn't fair though is that I, I've seen on Twitter today all the criticism about how you know he was playing this um, pressure intense defense that he wanted to bang people. Well, the truth of the matter is, and I think Russ knows this to be true, the U.S.'s game plan was essentially to play the same way the Pittsburgh Penguins played right. when they won the Stanley Cup. Mike yep. Sullivan and John Tortorella approach the game the same way. They have been friends and have played or have been uh, uh, working together for many, many, many years. They both believe that the key to winning is to put pressure on the puck and, and to use speed. Now, that was translated because it's Tortorella into, you know, we want to run them through the boards. Now, right. he does like the physical element, but what he really wanted was pressure on the puck. So I don't think it was necessarily the strategy uh, that caused the issue. I, I think it was, as as Russ pointed out, the fact that it didn't seem like he had a good feel, or at the least he wasn't confident in who should play with whom. Yeah. Because there were a lot of changing and there was a lot of discussion, discussion about, uh, um, you know, I'm not going to – I'm going to shorten my bench if the guys aren't performing. And one of the things that needs to be brought up here, and uh, Patrick Kane – you know, it clearly is the best American player. You know, I mean, obviously yeah. he's the league yeah, MVP, yeah. so he For has sure. to be. Right. He has now gone nine games, nine games international play without scoring a goal. So in that semifinal against Canada, he didn't score. He didn't score, of course, in the bronze medal game. He didn't score in either of these two games. Yeah. And even against some some uh, pretty weak opponents, he's now gone nine games. Yeah, and I thought about that, and I'll let you go, Mike. Sorry, but I thought about that because this is this. You know, what is it? What is it? Why does Patrick Kane kill it with the Hawks and not kill it with Team USA? You know, obviously there's a different different scenarios, but Patrick Kane is like a wide receiver, right? and and he's he's gonna get he gets the puck and he flies with it, but it's different when you have Duncan Keith and Seabrook feeding you feeding you those passes. Like Kane has to go 150 feet with Team USA, and he's got to go 100. And 100 feet or 75 feet with, with Chicago, like he's he's got a head start with Chicago. And with this team, there's not that many people. I agree. McDonough was huge last night, Russ. He was he yeah. was he was he was one of the guys who did not want to lose. Like there were a few guys he you could tell. Up. He, he so did Eric Johnson last night. Um, yes, he did. Eric Johnson had a really good game, but and and Bufflin towards the end of it tried to as well, but. You know, I have a Bufflin's a whole other debate for another day because I think his confidence was shot, and when Bufflin's confidence is shot, he's a different player. So I think that kind of screwed him up. But that's that's we talked about that. It was a big long debate, but I think that um, go ahead, Mike, you go. Well, ironically, I mean, this Team Canada, this this roster was weakened by the absence of Keith, the absence of Sagan and Ben, and to to the point of how much they dominated. And to, to Kevin's point, their third and fourth lines were what killed the U.S. The US yesterday. Corey Perry, uh, uh, Matt Duchesne was on a, on the third or fourth line with Ryan O'Reilly. So it wasn't it wasn't Crosby, it wasn't uh, Getzloff, it wasn't Taves that killed them. It was the depth of Team Canada that killed them. And that's where I think you know the miscalculations were made with with the U.S. roster is that you know the players that they didn't select. Would have, you know, it may not have been top end. There's, there's nobody else, Mike. Like he's saying, there's nobody else. There's nobody you put in there that's going to change that. I mean, you, you can say I disagree. There's still there, these players are not that dread. I mean, they're they're better, and you should put them in there. That's my opinion. But 
you know, Kevin's convinced me, and he's right, that these players, you put these other players in there, you're suddenly not going to be better than the third and fourth lines of Canada. You're going to, you're still going to, third, third and fourth lines of Canada are still going to be better than your number one and two lines. Because hear, All right, so here's a funny thing. So in 2007, Patrick Kane had nine points in seven games for the World Junior Squad, an international tournament, playing against a lot of these same guys, Carey Price, all of these same guys on his own team, guys that aren't on this roster, Kyle Ocposo, who we did talk about. So a lot of these guys are on the roster too. Abdul Kader, Van Riemsdyk, he's used to these guys. So he doesn't get a pass, and it's not the Chicago factor. It's something with him because he used to be able to produce at the international level. The last thing about Tortorella too, he wasted a challenge in the first period. Yes. How do you do that in a big game like this? You know, what, what people were saying in the press box that I thought was interesting was that is a time that you were going to call a timeout anyway. Yes. And it was, it could, it was, it, I thought it was actually fine. So it was, it was, it was if the, if the enough that maybe you get it turned over, maybe somebody just decides, yeah. I mean, you're not likely to, but you're going to call a timeout there anyway. You had to, because you had just been squirted on twice in like 30 seconds. You'd lost this awesome momentum. So, right. why not, why so, not there? so what, so what Torts did was what Todd McClellan didn't do for North America. And- yeah, right. Yeah. And it, it, it could have changed the game if it could have uh, overturned that goal on that. But, you know, same, but, you know, Mike, going back to your point, like, um, you know, and I, I think again, you're you're helping my cause here. Uh, you know, Joel Thornton is on Canada's fourth line and yeah. he's the Hall of Famer. <laughs> okay, he's on their fourth line, and again, that just speaks. And like, I, I'm not going to argue that you're. You I mean you're kind of making a uh, very simplistic argument? If you got little better players, you got a little better chance. Right. I, I'm not going to argue that. Right. Okay. That's true. But you don't have a, a. What we're trying to say is. It really wouldn't have mattered if, if if Tyler Johnson and Phil Kessel would have been on that team. When when I wrote my uh, preview of that tournament, I would not have had them moved up higher than I did. I had them in the three four slot, right? And I wouldn't have moved them up. I wouldn't have said they were better than Sweden, right? Um, you know, most people who reviewed that tournament thought that Russia. Uh, uh, because of their history of, of not coming together in tournaments, um, a Team Europe, USA, and North America, and 23 and under, were kind of in that group where right. you know, they, we didn't know whether they were going to be sixth or whether they were going to be third, but they were in that group. Everybody was pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty sure of that. And to be honest with you, when you compare the talent, the pure skill of right. Russia and USA, let me go their top five guys. <laughs> Let's go Ovechkin, Malkin, Datsuk. Nikita Kucherov Tarasenko. and Vladimir Tarasenko. Those <laughs> yeah, are their right. top five guys. Any one of them. The, now, man. again, just compare that to USA. That's just the top of their group. Yeah. You know, and no, that's uh, fair. But then you have to devise a strategy against it, and they didn't have a good strategy. Well, yeah, and, and I'm not going to argue with that. But, I mean, you, you, that all that is true because then you would have a better chance of winning, but it's still not a great chance. Right. It's still, well, a, great still not a great chance. So let's even, even tournament-wise, all right, let's bring this up, because tournament play is different than the NHL, right, regardless if it's an NHL event. Those and, are the playoffs that go. Yeah. Right. So clearly we could say that Team USA and the coach underestimated Team Europe. There's no question in my mind they did. Yes. They took it lightly. And it cost them because and they're, they're, yeah, they're not alone. Everybody did. <laughs> I, mean, I, I watched the podcast once when you guys were talking about how ridiculous. I know. No, no. <laughs> I, I got to that. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah, no we're, we're right there with them. Okay. No, we, you're right. We were right there with them. But players, 
probably bought into that to a degree. And I don't think they devised the right game plan to even beat Team Europe. And that, if they'd have won that game, this loss wouldn't be as bad because then they still would have a chance. That's where you're arguing my point, Russ, because I don't think they had the right players to beat Team Europe. Okay, that's where I think these players make a difference. Well, I mean, I think – And that goes back to my argument. You cannot structure a team to beat one opponent. You have to structure a team to beat everyone, which means you pick the best players. You don't – Yes, you're right. And yesterday, Kevin did a podcast on Facebook Live where he interviewed Ken Campbell. You know, and it was really a good one. It was really strong, right? And from the hockey news, right? And Ken Campbell compared this U.S. team to the Nagano team, right? For Canada, where in 2006, right, the U.S. won the World Cup of hockey. In 2008, Canada put a team together to, like, with Rob Zaminer on it, right? And and people like that to specifically beat USA. Right. And it was a disaster for him, right? So well, they couldn't beat the they couldn't beat the checks. Yeah, and, right. and the U.S. There's a lot of parallels there in my mind between them. Yeah. and I thought Ken brought that up. It was a really excellent point. Um, let me well, go to my next. Well, and just let me a quick point. After that disaster in Nagano, Team Canada, Hockey Canada, had what they referred to as a summit to decide what needed to be done with with their you know how how uh, skills were developed, number of different things. And I'm th- I think right now USA Hockey has to be at that point. Not to say that you know the, in terms of development of skill, because we see guys like Matthews and Eichel right. and and all these players coming up. And I honestly think that the success of Team North America, I think the cause of death of Team North America for the next World Cup is not going to be if they win. It's going to be the fact that USA Hockey wants these players on the roster, and they're not going to say, you know, we're going to give away Eichel and Matthews to Team North America. They want them on Team USA because after this performance, they should be, as Ryan Suter is, completely embarrassed. At okay, how they- so now piggybacking off of that, and Kevin will know the answer to this more than any of us, for the Olympics, if there is an Olympics, are they going to have their fair share of young players on this under-23 team on that roster, or are they going to be eliminated because they don't have enough experience? Because we've heard that before, too. No, I, I mean, I wrote this today. I mean, I, I, my projection is that the top two centers on the 2018 team, if the NHL goes there, and that's in doubt, um, but if they go there, will be Austin Matthews and Jack Eichel. And I think Larkin will be on that team as well. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what role he'll be in, depending on where he's at in his development. But in my projection, and I'm writing this today for the 2018, just based on what I know about how USA Hockey feels about it all. I mean, Seth Jones will be on that team. Obviously, Johnny Gaudreau will be on that team. I think uh, uh, Zach uh, Wierenski uh, from the Columbus Blue Jackets, yeah. who's going to play this season, will be. Uh, he'll be two years in. I think he'll be on that team as well. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of players. Brandon Saad. Brandon Saad for sure will be on. Gaspier will be in the mix. Um, yeah. Um, imagine, imagine with that lineup, uh, Kevin, your number three center is probably Pavelski, and your number four center is Derek Stepan. Then up the middle. That's one of the issues, too, that we didn't talk about. You know, down the center ice now, let's look back in hockey's greatest uh, generation <laughs> here. Um, the greatest generation, 1996, the center core. Right. Fontaine, Mike Madano, um, Dougie Waite, Jeremy Roenick, and to win big faceoffs, just Joel. for fun, we'll have Joel Otto. Right. 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 You know, right. we go into war here in the World Cup with a centerized <laughs> Joe Pavelski, who doesn't play center for his NHL team, is <laughs> our number one center. Right, right, right. right. You know, we got Kessler, who I, I like a lot, 
Um, but I like him down in the three four hole, not as the second best center. Right. That, uh, you know, that that's the issue. That yeah, that'll totally that'll that'll issue. change everything. You know, when we move move forward, yeah. uh, with having. But I just hope they move away from reputation because even someone like Derek Stepan, who I happen to be a big fan of, in this tournament was lacking energy at times, and in that game yesterday was completely lacking energy, and he gets big minutes. Well, here's the thing, yeah, and you're, I mean, you're you're dead on, and if not, I mean, it if that if that was ever in doubt that those players would be on the team, the way this tournament went, it's, it's completely. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, that, this does help that cause. I mean, yeah, does, they, they need to make they, – they have they are at the point where they can tear it apart. They're at the well, point where they can tear it apart. And, 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 you know, here, here's the other good thing if you're a fan of the American program. Uh, Pastor Reddy and Kane are young enough that they will still be part of the Matthews Eichel right, generation. Right, and that's what's great. They're both 26. Um, they'll, they'll be able to fit in there. They'll still be in their prime and play that. Yeah. Now, I also think it's fair that um, – you know, given what's happened, uh, and this is a results-oriented business, we yep. all understand that. Yeah. Given what's happened, it would be appropriate for USA Hockey to take a hard look at how they pick um, the general managers for this team. Now, yeah. I, I don't know that this, you know, I mean, I think we can second-guess Lombardi all we want, uh, but I think what he did was is what's standard operating procedure in hockey, which is, yeah. is when you go skating team and you don't succeed, and now you're going to North American ice. He said, okay, I'll, I'll go a physical team. I mean, right. you know, we, we've seen that, you know, in, in the past. And the other thing that's weird too is, and, and I mentioned this to um, Eklund yesterday, if if we had taken Kessel and Falk, um, and now we would have had 13 players from a team that was considered a bust in Sochi. I mean, as it was, we had, was it 11 or 12? I uh, 12, I think. 12, so. 12. So it would have been 14. 14. Yeah. So we have 12 players off a team that didn't play well yeah. in Sochi. So if we'd have kept those, now we would have had 14. Yeah. Would we as journalists <laughs> have criticized them for coming back with the same team yeah. that did not perform? I, right. I that's, think we would have. We would have. Um, I, I, that's I, fair. I get that. Yeah. Here's something really interesting about that's my. Now we're doing my final Final um, perfect storm thing, and it transitions perfectly from what Mike said. Okay, um, this guys besides the scores they left behind. So I'm going to say, or but the players they left behind. So I'm going to, in those, in my argument, I said this: Phil Kessel, Nick Benino, Tyler Johnson, Bobby Ryan, Keith Handel. There's guys that all probably could have been on this team. Shattenkirk, Opozo. All right, throw them, throw them into the mix. Shattenkirk and Opozo, perfect. Um, then besides that, of course, you have Austin Matthews, Gaudreau, Eichel, Saad, Larkin, Seth Jones, and Goss Spear. Right, you have those guys. If you put those guys you left behind with the young guns, would they beat Team USA? <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a really an interesting interesting thought because you actually have a group of American born players that weren't on Team USA that you could put together that might that would compete with them. That sure, would, I, I think it's possible, but again, they don't have a goalie, but they would definitely right. compete with them, right? So I don't, I don't. Well, they could use Hellebuck or somebody, but but the point is, I don't want to be one of those guys like online today that says, well, the USA got rob- players robbed from them from the under-23 team because I think that's weak sauce. No, but I don't, think, I don't think it is. Because, it okay, is. No, it's an excuse. It is yeah. an excuse. Yes, it is. But this tournament is what it is, right? So you can say, okay, fine. But at the end of the day, everybody, including the NHL, overrated Team USA well, by, okay. allowing, by allowing this to happen. Well, I don't think we did. We weren't high on them. I mean, we were not, not high on them at all. By having this under-23 team and by thinking the USA could take that hit um, perfectly fine and not suffer from it, 
Um, because okay, let's go to Russia for example. Oh. If you if you put this on if you put this on Russia, they they're without Kucharov, um, you know Kucharov, Kucharov, oh. sorry, Kuznetsov and Namistikov. Take those three players off of Russia. All right, those are three significant players on Russia. If you go to if you go to Sweden, they're without Forsberg, Landeskog, and Lindholm. All right, if you go to Finland, Finland can't even compete if you take the, if you take away Aho, Donskoy, Granlin, Line, Teravainen, Mata, and Ritzalainen. All right, so you're looking at you know none of those teams could have suffered could have could have competed losing their under 23s either. And I think so. I think that when you look at the the way this was set up is okay. We're going to have a North American team. We're going to get you know because we, we have all these talented players. But it really, I mean. I mean, the, the, they should have downplayed expectations. Like we, we but, were not but, high. Nobody, but everybody nobody on our panel was high on this team. Nobody thought USA was better than that. Than, than no, was the, 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 there's no, there's no doubt that USA was hurt more by the talent that was taken sure. from Team North America than Canada was, because Canada is much deeper. But that still does not excuse the fact that the U.S. didn't choose of the available no, 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 no. We're, we're beyond that. We got that. But, okay. but here's the thing. Matching up rosters, and this is why I was higher on, on the kids, the North American team, than Team USA to begin with. Right. I looked at it and I said, but, uh, but there, you know, people were just going with the hype. If you, if, that's my thing is they shouldn't have – they overhyped it too. They did. Tortorella overhyped it. They should have downplayed expectations, but they didn't. And this is what happens when you do. Let me let me go back uh, to uh, you know the Shattenkirk situation because uh, you know this may be a dead horse, but I think we all need to flog it a little bit. Uh, the uh, back to the roster because I want to just take us back to last year. Mike brought up Shattenkirk too. Right. So now, uh, uh, do we all agree that the players that most for sure should have been on this team uh, were? Uh, uh, Kessel and Justin Falk and Tyler Johnson. Do we? Are, yeah. are we Mike, I've seen a lot about Kevin Shattenkirk on the um, thing. Did you, Russ? Did you believe Shattenkirk um, should have been on the team or no? I mean, I was on the fence. I believe he's better than uh, he's better than Jack Johnson. So if it's going to come down to that, I would have taken Shattenkirk over Jack Johnson. But I could have left him off too. I was on the fence. Okay, and what about well, you, Mike? Did you want Chad Kirk on? I I think he's better than uh, Niskanen and Johnson. So yeah, I would have, he would have been one of my seven or eight defensemen. Sure. I sure disagree with you on Niskanen. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, there. Anyway, but now if those three guys had been on, and would you have said they had made the right decisions there, or did you or not? If they I think had, it would have been closer to the. I mean, okay. it would have been yeah. closer to the best. Team. It would have been closer. Yes. That, that goes back to my earlier point. That brings back now to point that we had 15 guys then off last year off the the Sochi roster. So right. now what I want to know from you guys is, how did you feel about that team after their performance in Sochi? Did you say, well, next time around they'll be great, or did you think, man, this this team was a disaster? I think the answer was. Was thought that team was a disaster, um, and 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 disaster in terms of what um, the, their performance level was in the big games. Um, well, I think that's fair, but there are teams that go worst to first in sports all the time. Like, so I don't think you could not bring a fair amount of those guys because of that, especially when you change the coach and the coaching staff. I mean, it's like a manager taking over another team. But fifteen of those guys. Yeah. You know, see, I, I, I think you guys are if, – if they would have done that, I, I still want to just hit that point harder is that I think you would have – they didn't 
And you're probably and you're probably right, Kevin. But I mean, like looking back at Sochi, at, I mean, when at the early in the tournament when Kessel and Van Riemsdyk were scoring like crazy and they were playing well, I mean, nobody thought that they were a disaster. It was only later later on in the tournament uh, that they you know didn't they came up short. They couldn't score. So uh, and you know that I mean that's that's when you need your top players to to, to perform is is that in those key times. So I, I just you know I, I you're you're right. They you know. This is sort of Monday morning quarterbacking here and crying over spilled milk. And when once they've lost with this roster, there's nothing you really can do to go back. But I, I just think that the evaluation process has to be reviewed for the next time they play either in the Olympics or the World Cup to bring a, bring the best roster they can and not not just be narrow-minded in beating one particular team in a group that they're in. They have to have a, a more diversified lineup that can play Multiple types of games against multiple teams. That's the way you win. Hey, Kev, you cover the Red Wings. Did you not think it was odd that all of a sudden Justin Abdelkader was getting pushed up in the lineup before Team Canada when he doesn't even – he you know, he plays a certain role even on the Red Wings. I thought that was odd. Most people thought that was odd. Didn't you think that was odd to make that change? Uh, in terms of moving him up in the, into the camp, yeah. the line which lasted, what, two shifts? Uh, yeah, did, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, well, obviously, um, you know, the the history of Abdicator is, you know, he ends up playing on the uh, first line, and and people in Detroit know, but maybe they don't know nationally. That was at Datsuk's request. Um, he likes Abdicator. Um, he thought that uh, Abdicator could bring something uh, to that line. He likes his forechecking ability uh, and his grit and his toughness. And you know, mm-hmm. Abdicator has shown more of a scoring touch. But you know, Abdicator is not a uh, you know, a gifted goal scorer. His, no. you know, so no. um, yeah. I mean, I, I the I understood he he was considered for the 2014 team. He was in the original, um, but you know what kept him or, or, or moved him out of the consideration was the fact that at that point he wasn't killing penalties. He's a penalty killer now and pretty effective. And I remember Dan Bausma, um, you know, talking about well, look, I like Abdicator, but you know, if he can't kill his penalties, I need my fourth line guys to kill penalties. Right. Uh, so that's what moved him off the 2014 uh, uh, list. So he's a good player, but I, you know, I I think it's fair to wonder if uh, Abdicator should have been on the team. I mean, there's a lot of skilled players. I don't even care that he was on the team so much as that all of a sudden he's playing with Patrick Kane. I'm like, I didn't see it. Nobody yeah. saw it. Well, I mean, I, obviously everybody who's watched these two games know that pretty much Patrick Kane played with everybody. Yeah, no, he, at one point, boy, they, tried. They, they sure tried to move everybody around. I mean, they did. And at one point, like yes, last night, one of the power plays when the U.S. was in dire need of I mean, their first power play unit was Kane, Justin Bufflin, and Oshie up front with Niskin and, Mc, and McDonough on the point. And I, I like, I turned to Kevin at that point. I'm like, how many NHL teams can put a better first power play unit? <laughs> I mean, right. that's like really just not any. I mean, and they're just trying to get things going. But I mean, and Oshie plays really hard. He works really hard. He is a He's a good player. He's one of those perfect, like, 20-goal scorers when he's not the guy. He can do that in the NHL. But, man, the amount of responsibility he was given in this. But when you're down three goals in the game, why is David Backus getting a lot of ice time? He's not going to bring you back in a game like that. Especially when he was so he was on the border of being scratched. For the game. Right. There's a lot of things that – and Backus is another situation, and I think, you know, it's six years, $5 million, you know, $5 million, five years for $6 million in Boston. Backus, this is going to be a very fascinating thing to well, see. Well, not, you know. 
Well, let me just ask us something quickly. From this roster, I mean, say the say the U.S. say the NHL goes to the Olympics in two years, who on this roster is not on that team? I mean, I think you know, is there a chance that Zach Parise is not on that team? Yeah, I'm not sure I put him on there. Ryan Kessler, David Backus. I think those are three guys that are probably not on the 2018 Olympics. I wouldn't rule out Kessler. I wouldn't rule out Kessler. I mean, he's a he's a gritty guy who plays hard. I mean, I think I, Kessler has the best chance of the guys mentioned. I agree. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not. He's not a lock to make the team because he's older. Um, but you know, the guys who are going to be on that team for sure will be Kane and Pasharetti for sure. But you yeah. know, Blake Wheeler is 30 years old now, right? Um, and we got to we got to make some room. Ryan Suter, you know, still a very effective defenseman. You know, McDonough is and Carlson are guys that are still going to be. Yeah, you know, and you're going to have a guy like Clayton Keller be on the Olympic team. You will. So, uh, some some news here, guys, uh, before we end the show. Um, Elliot Friedman reporting that Matt Murray is not dressed for Team North America for the game against Sweden. Uh, It'll be John Gibson in goal. Uh, Murray will take the li- lineup. Uh, or will take the warm up, but it's probably going to it's probably going to be Gibson. Hmm. He's going to take the warm up, not dressed. <laughs> I'm not even going to answer that, actually. Well, I'm curious. Is what the, uh, no, anyway, but um, that would be interesting. I'm going to get down there early for that one. Um, see what happens. Um, anyway. uh, we'll be Joe back. Spilash wanted to do that, by the way, with the Rangers. He wanted to actually play naked, and Nick Fatio tackled him in the locker room before he could get on the ice naked, just so you know. That's really actually more information than I needed about you. Yeah, just- God, I miss the 70s. God, you know, God, I miss the 70s. Man. Why was I so young? Why was I so young in the 70s? Why was I 12? Just pray Joe, for- Joe Thornton never scores four goals. <laughs> Remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs>